Thank you, choir, and thank you, music ministry. I had the opportunity to play the new timpani bar, and I hope that I get another chance this af uh, after worship today. Please join me for that. Now, let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Next week, Bill will preach the final sermon in our Psalm 23 series, How to Love the World, which pairs poetry from the book How to Love the World with a verse, each verse of Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23 is very familiar to all of us at Kenilworth Union Church. We have been learning it in third grade for the last 75 years or so, and it's very meaningful. In fact, just this week, I received a call from a woman who was a third grader 35 years ago, and she wants to uh, have children in her Sunday school class for her daughter also learn what we learn in third grade. And it means a lot to her, and we get calls like that all the time. So because Psalm 23 is so familiar to us, let us say it all together and use the hand motions that some of our third graders made up a few years ago. You can follow along with me and Greta. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks be to God for God's holy word and for getting a little bit of a head start for our third graders. Last week, we explored one of the big shifts that happens in Psalm 23. The psalmist, or the writer of the psalm, starts out by talking about God. God makes, God leads, God restores. But then in verse 4, the psalmist speaks directly to God. For you are with me, or thou art with me. And today, in verse 5, which has three parts, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over, um, we are going to notice another shift that happens in this psalm or song. Did you notice that we start outdoors in the green grass with the sheep and the pasture and there's this valley of shadows, but then all of a sudden, we are at a table. Now, many of you know there are a lot of stories about food and meals in the Bible and they tell us some very special things. So listen now to the godly play story of the Good Shepherd and World Communion, which helps us make that connection between pasture and table and this big shift we make today. Once there was someone who said such amazing things and did such wonderful things that people began to follow him. And as they followed him, they couldn't help but ask, 
who are you? And one day the man said, I am the good shepherd. I know the sheep by name, and they know the sound of my voice. So when I take them from the sheepfold, they follow me. I walk in front of them to show them the way. I lead them to the good green grass. Mm. Now this is the table of the good shepherd, and here is the bread and the wine on the table. Now sometimes we think we need a statue or something else to remind us that God is there, but the good shepherd is in the bread and the wine, so we have everything we need. Now, sometimes someone comes and reads the very words of the good shepherd and offers us the bread and the wine. And sometimes the people of the world come to the table. And of course, the children come too. And when we tell this story with our young children, we ask these questions. We say, I wonder where this table could really be. And I wonder how the people at this table feel. And because I, we work with wonderful and very smart children, they remind us that, well, we have a table like this in our church. And they also have wonderful imaginations, and they realize that this table could be anywhere, and that God's table would be enormous, big enough for everyone to be there and live in love and joy and the presence of God, and there would be enough for everyone. It would be a feast. God prepares a table, the psalmist writes. But I wonder if you noticed what comes next. It says, in the presence of mine enemies. Now, wait a minute. Is the author of this psalm saying that they want God to make a table for them that is close enough to their enemies that their enemies could see it and smell it but not be able to taste it? I think all of us can think about being, know what it feels like to be left out or maybe even to leave someone out at the birthday party or in the school lunchroom. But show me with your thumbs. Is leaving out people, even those we don't like, what God wants us to do? Yes or no? No. I, I told you, I, we work with very smart children here. Our third graders, every year, we have to think about this line really hard to make sense of it. And the year that we made the hand motions, one of our third graders made a really good point. They said that if you think about this table, that God, what God really wants is for us to sit down at the same table with our enemies. God wants to make a way for that to happen. And I'll tell you, children aren't the only ones who are reluctant to read the Psalms. In fact, our adult Bible study this summer hesitated a little bit because there are a lot of lines about our enemies in the Psalms, and we have to make sense of what they mean. And we have to study and think about it. And there is one person who has helped us make sense of this particular line today. How many of you have read or watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Well, then you know, the author is C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis not only wrote children's books, but C.S. Lewis wrote a lot about the Bible. And C.S. Lewis says that we cannot ignore these lines about our enemies, but we can make them useful. And C.S. Lewis says this verse might even be helpful 
not because it's the right thing to do, we all know this isn't the right thing to do, but it reminds us that making someone jealous or leaving them out hurts them. And when we hurt other people, those people then might go on to hurt someone else and leave someone else out, and it goes on and on and on, and this little seed of dislike can grow into something bigger if we don't stop it. So when we say this out loud in Psalm 23, it kind of makes us pay attention to what we're doing, and I hope that it makes us see more clearly God's desire for us to grow love and to remember that we are invited to sit at the table of the Good Shepherd, and so is everyone else. The Bible is a wonderful thing. Every time you read it and study it, you notice something new and make a new connection. So today, one of the gifts you are going to receive after the popsicles and after the instruments is, that, uh, is a sticker that says, For you are with me. And I hope that it reminds you that God is with us wherever we are, in church and in school, at our homes, wherever we live and learn and grow. God leaves no one out. Now, the second part of our verse today says, Thou anointest my head with oil. And anointest is kind of a funny-sounding word, and it means to smear or pour oil on our heads. And that seems kind of strange, doesn't it? But 3,000 years ago when this psalm was written, it was not strange. It was a way to say, this person is special. This person is meant to do good things for God. Each of you are special, and each of you are meant to do good things for God. So instead of pouring oil on your head today, I hope it's okay. We got you another sticker that says, you are loved. And you can put this on your water bottle or your laptop, or you could give it to a friend who needs to hear this too. So to remind us that we are indeed loved. Sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what makes us special. And not every teacher or coach or every friend will see what makes you, you. But know that God loves you. So turn to someone next to you to say, God loves you and you are special. I'm going to tell the people at home, God loves you. You are special. Doesn't that feel good to hear? Doesn't that feel good to hear? So no oil on the head and not even a tattoo, a temporary tattoo for your forehead, but stickers that say, you are loved. Let these stickers remind you of that every day. Now, the third part of this fifth verse of the 23rd Psalm is the cup overflowing. And this part of my message is especially for parents and grandparents and teachers and coaches and all those who work with kids. Perhaps your cups are feeling a little bit empty at the start of this school year. There are a lot of concerns, the pandemic and school and the usual busyness, and maybe there are concerns about work and time and money. The psalmist invites us today to remember that even in challenging situations, God's blessings are overflowing. They surround us each and every day. But I think the biggest obstacle to recognizing all these blessings around us is just the speed of life, not having enough time to sit down and pay attention to the wonder and the beauty all around us. Of course, it's hard to notice God's blessings when the world is accelerating. 
I'm going to take a little point of personal privilege here and say that at 2 o'clock I, today, I'm going to be moving my daughter into her dorm room. At 2 o'clock today, my husband and I will officially be empty nesters. And while we're doing the move-in, I'm sure we'll take a picture of her in front of her dorm, and then I'll probably post it side-by-side -side on social media with a picture of her in preschool. You know the side-by-side -side photos, right? Because all parents know that familiar mix of joy at watching your children become the wonderful humans God created them to be, and also that tenderness because it seems to happen so, so fast. Today's poem from our How to Love the World book explores that tension and that mix of emotions and even invites us to see the blessings around us, to be present to the feast of each moment. It is written by Garrett Kaiser, and it's called My Daughter's Singing. I will miss the sound of her singing through the wall that separates her bathroom from ours in the morning before school, how she would harmonize with the bare navel angst of some screaming Ophelia on her stereo. Though she had always seemed a contented kid, a grower of rare gourds, an aficionado of salamanders, and a babysitter prized for her playful, earnest care, her love of children so pure that whenever she took one by the hand, ever entering heaven so handily, but it reminded me that singing of the soul depths we never know, even in those we love more than our souls, so mad we are to anticipate the future. And already I'm talking, a year before she goes to college, and listen to me talking in the past tense as she sings. I know, that one pulls at the heartstrings a little bit. Every parent and grandparent wants to slow time down. Well, at least the good parts. Maybe not the hangry tantrums or the sleepless nights. But it all goes so quickly. Perhaps recognizing God's abundance blessings is easier said than done when time seems to be accelerating. But I have one antidote, at least, to the speed of life, and that is to practice gratitude, to live here in the present tense. So make a habit of sharing what you're thankful for, whether it be around the dinner table or you write it down in a journal or write a poem of your own. There are even phone apps that will record your moments of gratitude. In our family, we used this box. It was my grandmother's recipe box and we would put in here slips of paper. This was when my kids were first learning to spell and they would write cousin with a Z or sister with no vowels. It is a joy to look back and see all of these things. Children help us to live in the present, to see the feast in each moment. So the third thing in your blessing bag today is going to be a bracelet that says, my cup runneth over. And I hope when you wear it, it will be a reminder to look around for God's blessings and to stop, even if just for a moment, to say thank you to say thank you for that feast of each moment. So here in Psalm 23, verse 5, we have a vision of God's table where all are welcome, the knowledge that we are special to God, and a reminder that our cups of blessing overflow. May these three things accompany you into this new school year. May it be one of love and learning and one of health
and happiness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.